August is good for two things in the sky. Bright planets and bright meteors. Venus, Saturn, and Jupiter reign supreme this month with the annual Perseid meteor shower heating things up with a spectacular set of observing conditions mid-month. Welcome to Observing with Webb, where a high school astronomy teacher and his son tells you what you're looking at, why it's so cool, and what you should check out later this month at night. So say hi, Socorso. So, uh, yeah, we are having a nice, fun day here at home, and I figured I'd let him join me in the podcast. So what do you, what do you say? What, anything you want to say to everybody? I love science and space. I've, that has really sparked my mind about what I see every day at night, and he's my favorite guy in the world. Oh, man, I didn't even pay him any money to say that. Nice. Thanks, bud. <laughs> So anyway, um, you can always watch a video version of this on YouTube. Um, I'll talk about the other stuff later. But let's start off by talking about the naked eye planets, right? And so we'll start off with sunset. Now sunset, really the only good one for this month is Venus, which is off in the west. Now it's staying about 15 degrees above the horizon all month. And it's a glorious sight for anyone looking west, um, basically, you know, after sunset. Uh, but it is a really good one to see. Now, Socorso, what would you say Venus looks like in the night sky? It looks like a big, bright light in the sky. Yeah. Now, also in the sunset sky, technically, we have Mars and Mercury. I debated putting them in here uh, because it's really hard to see them. Uh, now, Mars is technically in the west after sunset, but it is super low and it's pretty dim. So I'm doubtful that you'll actually be able to pick it out. And uh, Mercury passes by Mars on the 18th. Um, but again, it's also too low and too dim to really see. So for sunset planets for August, I'm looking at Venus off in the west. And it's a good one, so you should be just fine looking at that. Now throughout the night, we've got Jupiter and Saturn. So throughout August, what happens is Saturn rises around 8 p.m. and Jupiter rises just after 9 p.m. and they're both in the southeast. And they both rise up and move toward the south and then toward the west by morning. Now, in the beginning of August, they get drowned out by the dawn light in the southwest in the morning, but they're out there for the entire night. But by the end of the month, Saturn sets at 4 a.m. with Jupiter trailing at about 5.30 a.m. And so then we go to the morning planets, which again would pretty much just be Saturn and Jupiter, but eh, they don't even really count because... Um, you'll notice they are quite visible in the southwest before sunrise, but they will be lower and lower each morning. And Saturn disappears in the beginning of the month, and Jupiter dips out before the last week. So, Socorso, can you remind me, what are the two planets that we can see throughout the night? Jupiter and Saturn. And what's the bright one we can see around sunset? Venus. Very good. Nice job. All right, so let's talk about some of the events. And we'll start off with the moon. Let's talk about that. We start off the month with morning crescents. That's when you have to get up and look east in the morning to see a crescent. And then the new moon is on the 8th. Now, after the new moon, 
we got the nice evening crescents. Those are the ones that you see a lot of the time, right, bud? Yeah, I see them a bunch of the time. I don't really see any other phases most yeah. of the time. But the crescents, what do you like to call them? Especially, actually, the first quarter moon. You know, when it's half lit up, what do you call that? I like to call it the pizza moon. Yep, the I pizza love moon. pizza. Oh, yeah. And so on the 15th is when we have the pizza moon or the first quarter moon where the right half is lit up and it's visible until midnight. After the 15th, we've got evening gibbous, uh, which is when it's mostly lit and it's after sunset. Uh, the full moon is on the 22nd. That's when you see the whole thing, of course, and it's visible throughout the night. Then after that, um, you have to wait a little bit later at night to see it, and it's a waning gibbous moon where it's mostly lit and rising later at night. And then the last quarter moon, which I don't know if you've ever seen the last quarter moon where the left half is lit up. Yeah, I don't really see it. But you probably call that a pizza moon too. Yeah. And that's on the 30th, and that's visible from midnight and into the morning. So that's the lunar stuff. Let's talk about the three events for this month. Now, the first event is August 10th to 11th, and it's right before the big one. But August 10th to 11th, we've got a nice close encounter between what two things, of course? The moon and Venus. Very good. So you get out there and watch the sunset, which is at about 8.07 p.m., and you hang out there until you see the bright Venus with a very thin crescent moon, and that moon is going to be directly to the right of Venus on the 10th. Then on the following night, the moon kind of moves up and to the left um, from Venus, but is still there. Okay? Now, the next is probably what Socorso is most excited about from August 11th to 12th. Yeah. What, what is it? The Pearson Meteor Shower. I'm not the best at pronouncing it, so it's kind of hard for me to pronounce it correctly. But you did a good job. Perseid Meteor Shower. It's often the best meteor shower of the year. And this year is one of the good th three, three years um, where you actually get excellent observing conditions. Unless the weather changes near you, but mm, I can't handle that. Now, in decent skies you can see 60 meteors per hour. That's about one every minute. Now, of course, that's also if you've dark adapted your eyes and, you know, everything is pretty dark uh, in really dark skies. How much did Sky and Telescope say you could see, bud? Uh, at least... a hundred. Yeah. Now... Most of us aren't going to be able to do that unless we go up to Cherry Springs, but I'm not doing that. But anyway, now you should be able to see some very bright ones here and there the week before and the week after the meteor shower. Uh, but the, one of the cool things is that you are seeing bits of dust that are left over from Comet Swift-Tuttle burning up as they crash into the atmosphere at 37 miles per second. That's how fast it's going. So it hits the air and it has friction between it and the air and it basically burns to soot. And it also ionizes the air in front of it, which makes that brighten up as well. Now, some advice. Like if I'm going out with Socorso to watch this thing. Yeah. Okay, first of all, I'm going to find a nice dark location. I'm going to lie down either in some sort of reclining chair or what's our favorite place to be? The hammock. Oh, yeah. 
perfect spot. And I'm just going to look, you know, at the sky in general, but kind of toward Perseus, which is in the northeast. And um, what, what happens is Perseus rises throughout the night until sunrise. And at sunrise, it'll be almost directly above you. Now, Perseus is where the radiant is. That's why it's called the Perseid meteor shower. Now, the strategy for this year is, well, just get out whenever you can, honestly. But the later you stay up, the more meteors you'll see because that radiant keeps getting higher and higher. And so the shower is technically active from mid-July to late August. So you may see some Perseids in the days leading up to and after the peak as well. So just keep an eye out all month, honestly. Also, make sure you check the weather before you go out. There's nothing worse than going out and having it be super cloudy, right, bud? Yeah. What what a letdown that's been sometimes, huh? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Make sure you adapt your eyes to the dark by staying away from light sources. So no watching YouTube for 20 minutes. Can you handle that? I guess. Yep. And um, if you do need a star chart, um, use a red light, like if you have a red headlamp or... Um, you can even change the filters on your phone so that the um, the light on the face of your phone is red instead of its typical colors. Uh, and there are ways to do a meteor count if you actually want to keep track of this and submit to science. Um, I know there's Sky and Telescope and International Meteor Organization has some stuff for that. But so, Socorso, what would you say about the Perseids? Are you excited or bored? What What do you think? I am really excited for the last few media shows I've been seeing. I haven't been seeing that many, so I'm really excited for this media shower. This is probably going to be my favorite one out of the entire year. I've watched so many. I've watched at least one every year, every three years. And this is, will probably be my favorite one so far. I hope so. I really do. We'll see. We've been kind of disappointed lately, but yeah. I, I think this will be good. All right? All right, so that is the Perseid Meteor Shower, night of August 11th into the morning of the 12th. And, of course, I'm glad you're so excited. And uh, then we've got the 19th to the 22nd. We've got a nice close encounter between the moon, Saturn, and Jupiter. Uh, basically, any time on the 19th to the 22nd, get out after 9 p.m. Get out there and look southeast to find the moon, Saturn, and Jupiter. On the 19th, they line up with Jupiter on the left, Saturn in the middle, and the moon on the right. And after this, the moon passes by the two gas giants. being uh, So the moon will be just below Saturn on the 20th. Then on the 21st, it'll be down and to the right of Jupiter. And then um, to the left of both of the planets on the 22nd. And what happens throughout each night is all three move westward throughout the night. And they set between uh, 4 a.m. and 6 a.m. And those are the events. So please make sure you get out there and check out the Perseids. But basically 10th, 11th, and 12th. And then 19th to 22nd is when you want to get out there and observe. Uh, last bit here, let's talk about the constellations, okay? Um, so, um, let's break it up into after dinner and before bed, and then the before work, 
okay? So, Socorso, can you read the spring constellations right here that we can see after dinner and before bed? The Big Dipple, one of my favorites. Booties, Volgrio. Virgo. Corona Borealis. Borealis. We were looking at that while we were kind of getting this ready. Uh -huh. And Hercules. Right, very Another good. Another one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah, so what you do is you gaze almost vertically as you face the northwest, and you'll easily be able to find the big dipper. Seven very bright stars that form a spoon shape. Now, if you take the handle of the Big Dipper, follow its curve to the next bright star you see about uh, 20 degrees away. That is Arcturus. That's bad podcasting. <laughs> follow the arc to Arcturus. Now, that's the brightest star in booties, which looks like a kite. Now, if you take that same curve and follow it about another 20 degrees, you speed on to Spica, the brightest star in Virgo. Now, go back to Booties, and just to the left of Booties are seven stars that form the northern crown known as Corona Borealis, which looks to me more like a small bowl or a sea in the sky. Continue a little further to the left, and you'll find the Keystone Asterism, which is part of the constellation... Hercules. Very good. And in Hercules, there's something called M13, the... Hercules Cluster. In between two of Hercules's keystone stars. It's known as the best... Global Cluster. Globular Cluster in the Northern Skies. It'll be a fuzzy spot in binoculars and will be even cooler through a telescope. Also up there are the summer constellations, these three. Lyra, Cygnus, one of my favorites, and Aquila. And Aquila, or Aquila, I don't know how it's really said. But yeah. Look pretty much straight above you and find the brightest star up there. You'll notice a parallelogram attached to it. This is the brightest star, Vega. Part of, well, summer, brightest star in the summer sky. Uh, and it's part of the constellation Lyra the Harp. Now, directly above you will be... Cygnus the Swan. With its brightest star, Deneb. And it will look like a large cross. Or if you sort of look out a little further, it'll look like a swan flying above you. And below Cygnus and Lyra is the third constellation of the Summer Triangle. Aquila the... Eagle! Mm -hmm. That might be a new favorite of mine. Okay. With its brightest star, Altair. Now, the three bright stars in this one can easily be confused for Orion's belt, given that they have a similar size. However, they are not lined up quite as straight and are part of a bigger diamond shape. Use the uh, start, or use a star chart to find small uh, Delphinus. What's Delphinus, buddy? Remember Delphinus? It's the what? Dolphin! Yeah, and Sagitta, the arrow as well. All right, but let's say you're getting up before work um, and you're looking out there. You can find Pegasus and Andromeda. You just look directly south and most of the way up the sky, and you'll find the very big and almost perfect square of... Pegasus. The winged horse. Now, if you look to the top left of the square, you'll see three Ooh. pairs. Sorry. 
you'll see three pairs of stars creating a neat double curve to the left and up from that top left corner star. Now that is Andromeda. Now if you have a little extra time, find the middle pair of stars, connect them with a line, and move toward the inside of the curve about the same distance as those stars are apart. And there you will find the Andromeda Galaxy. Which will be just a small faint fuzzy with your naked eye. The cool part is that you are looking at billions of stars that are 2.9 million light years away that spread out about 150,000 light years across. What the heck? I know, right? That's so cool. So, anyway, that is everything for August of 2021. Uh, don't forget that this podcast can be found on my Podbean page, mrweb.podbean.com, also on Stitcher and iTunes for Observing with Web. And I've got the video version on my YouTube channel, which is Mr. Web PV, all one word. And I can also be found on Twitter and Instagram as at M-R-W-E-B-B-P-V. And the Pequa Valley Planetarium and its events and updates are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as at PV Planetarium. So anyway, um, I really hope you get out there to see that Perseid meteor shower. And with that, Socorso and I would like to wish you very clear, dark skies for the month of August. 